it's coach tori and this is raising runners we talk running fitness mental health and so many more topics as the founder of a youth running program i approach all of our conversations with our youth athletes in mind and kind of have a focus around those things but as you will see we are finding that all of these topics relate to runners and people who like to move and do fitness or anything like that um, relates to everybody check it out All right, it's Coach Tori. Welcome back to the show. We have one of our second returning, I think only our second returning guests, which is super exciting. Um, so we have, do people call you Coach Allen or what do people call you? Yeah, some people call me Coach Allen. Um, yeah, Allen's fine. Uh, okay. the running rules, whatever. Yes, right. <laughs> I guess we can call you the running. I love all of that. Like I'm whatever like people's handles are their name is it I think it's kind of fun to figure out like what people call them so okay well we have coach Allen Allen Ladd the running rules is back he was here probably oh my gosh six months ago to a year ago almost um talking about nutrition and fueling for running um and I know that was a super helpful episode for everybody so we have him back today how's it going it's going great thank you so much i had no idea I was the first returning guest. So I'm very honored, um, excited to be back. Yeah, a lot's happened. And since I last uh, talked to you, I think it was September, I meant to look up. Um, but uh, yeah, everything's uh, great at the minute. Yeah, uh, running's going well, coaching's going well. Uh, we've finally got some good weather here. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah. Um, and so I know we briefly talked about you running Boston, but I feel like that's always something so relevant to the running world specifically, but since we're also, you know, I'm East coast and I imagine most of the listeners probably are East coast area. Um, talk, can you talk a little bit about Boston, like real briefly? Yeah, sure. Um, Boston had been on my bucket list for several years, probably four or five years. Once I, once I got into London was the first major, um, Boston was really the one that I wanted to do and I was supposed to do it in 2020 had a place and was training for it. And then of course we know what happened in 2020. Uh, it was about six weeks out from Boston and it got canceled. And oh my gosh. yeah, so I could have, I think I could have deferred that to 2021, but I also had Berlin that year. So I think everything got rescheduled to the fall of 2021. So it was gonna be two marathons very close together. Still wasn't sure about the, the, the travel situation either. So I put it off and um yeah 2023 uh just gone last month april um was the new date for me and um i like i say i've been looking forward to it for so long Re uh, read all about the history of boston um it's, it you know it's the oldest marathon um that's being continuously run um but it just over delivered so much it was the first time i'd done uh a marathon outside of Europe so it was my first one in America and it's just I always think America everything's done so much bigger and and <laughs> I'd like to say better uh, I think I think Boston was definitely a case of that um the crowds are phenom phenomenal um I, I love the the way that the course is it, it's point to point so you start 26 miles out in a, a little village called Hopkinton and then you you run in for anyone who doesn't know to, to to Boston. So most of the big city marathons, you're running around mostly in the city for most of it. But it really has this sort of 
country feel to it at the start and you're running through all these these towns and villages on the way to Boston but the 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 um the road is is just lined with with supporters all the way because it's it's a national holiday as you probably know um everyone is just out supporting the the marathon so it was just an incredible experience um I would love to to go back and do it, it was a it was a big undertaking because I had to leave the family behind for a week and um yeah it's it's a lot in terms of traveling over it's always difficult to get the balance of days right and the travel because you don't want to be jet lagged going into the the marathon so I think I arrived Thursday um I gave myself a few days before um Boston and there's so much to do as well as um the, there's so many um talks going on and famous people giving talks I got to see Kipchoge and Meb Kofleski and it was it was just awesome and just it, it's for any anyone who's just a fan of running even just going down for the weekend and seeing what's going on and um, there's a 5k on the Saturday I think as well so um if you were ever doing the marathon or you were just going with someone else that did to do the marathon then um you could do the 5k and get a taste of what it's like running on the Boston streets and, and finishing up at, at Boylston Street was was really an incredible experience. I recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You make it sound so fun. And like I said, it's definitely, it's definitely on the list, but yeah, I didn't even take into account all of like the travel. I mean, the, the huge time difference, right. Which we're working with right now. Um, and then, yeah, I was wondering if your family got to come, but I guess that would be a whole lot for everybody to everyone come over here. Um, well, yeah, I think for, for something like that, we, the first time or in 2020, when we were supposed to be, when I was supposed to be doing it, we were going to come and make it into a holiday for Easter and come over for a couple of weeks. Um, since London in 2019, when Louise was supporting with our two young kids at that time, I think they would have been six and three or five and two, something like that. Um, it was, it was a bit of a, a chore for her in terms of taking the buggies around on the, the, um, the the underground system and trying to find me at different points um i think it really stressed her out and i think she's happy enough at home when i'm doing those kind of big events but it would be nice to build that into um a holiday but then again that you don't want to be doing too much the day before or a few days before so it's kind of a balance i, I if there's one day of the year i really hate it's the day before marathon day because you just resting out not really doing anything it feels like a complete waste of time but you know it's all for the the purpose of being rested and and being able to to go into it uh, on race day so yeah it's a bit of a balancing act um the next one i really want to do is new york so that's at our halloween break so it's possible we might make that into a break and it's at the end of of that week so we'll look into it it's not going to be this year but maybe next year we'll see yeah Oh my gosh. So cool. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I want to hear your review of New York because I know people have nothing but nice things to say about that one as well. Um, all right, let's get into it. Cause I feel like I constantly get distracted and I know last time we ended up having to cut you off a little bit because there was so much to talk about. So, um, before my son wakes up and interrupts everything, I figure we, you know, we'll try to get, get into some stuff. So, I guess I didn't even say why we're here today. We're talking about improving with age, um, which I love that you, I think we even, when we talked 
last time that was like an, an idea you threw out there of like, that's something I can also talk about. So um, I'm glad we're getting to it because the big thing I think people love about running too, is like, it is something you can do over your entire lifetime, but you know, we're not escaping the aging thing, right? You know, it's happening to all of us um, and really changes things. I think sometimes um, I feel like I'm finally at a point where like, I am now like, oh yeah, like nothing feels the same. I am not recovering the same. You can't get away with sleeping for four hours, you know? So, um, you know, it is, it is applicable to everyone. So I guess, I mean, do you want to, where did did you have somewhere you wanted to start with talking about that? I feel like I have a bunch of questions, mostly off of like what, you know, we kind of talked about and what you had shared, but I didn't know if you had somewhere you wanted to start talking about that. Yeah, well, I suppose I should give some context because no one knows how old I am. Oh yeah, right. And I think um, <laughs> I think age is it's you know it's subjective and it means something different to everyone. So we're all aging all the time, and we can't get away from that. Um, but it will mean different things to different people. So I turned forty last month, um, so I'm now officially a masters athlete. Um, I don't, I hate calling myself an athlete, a master's runner, let's say. Um, But I think the first time I really thought a lot about it was when I turned 35, because some of the events, uh, even around here, you will, you'll get age category prizes for 35. That's where it really starts. So some, some people regard 35 as masters, but hopefully this this conversation will be applicable whether you're turning 30 35 40 50 60 and it all i think it all depends on where your start point is um in terms of what you've been doing up to the point that you are at now and um, that's really going to make a big difference as to how you view what you can do in your later years i think for me personally um I'll give a very brief potted history of what I did, but I was not sporty at school at all. Um, My mum took up running in her 40s, so I guess she is really the inspiration for me running. She um, started running marathons, and when I went to university at the age of 19, she said she wanted to come over and run the marathon, and she suggested that I run it with her, and me being in my youthful ignorance thought oh well if my mum can do it, it must be easy but in <laughs> fact she did give me a training plan and I did follow it pretty well and ran a, a pretty good time the first time around um fast forward a couple of years I got too laid back and and thought I'm, I'm I've done it once before it's going to be really easy and I bailed out at mile 16 to two years later when I was 22 and so then after then I didn't really wasn't serious about running really until uh, my mum passed away in 2014 Um, and that really was the catalyst for me getting back into it so at that stage I was into my 30s and I joined a club got a bit more serious about it but I was still very sporadic with training and it was really when I turned 35 as I said that I really started thinking well what could I possibly achieve with running what do I want to try and do and the thing that really I really wanted to do was run a sub three marathon Um, and I thought there's no way I'm going to do that without actually making it happen and actually starting from now I always thought I'll do that when I've got more time I'll do that when I've got more motivation but it, it never really 
happens unless you make it happen and you actually focus on it. Uh, and that's what I did when I turned 35. Actually, just before I turned 35, I um, sprained my ankle on a, on a race. And that was another thing. It was kind of a wake up call as to, well, you don't know what's around the corner. That was just a, a sprain of the ankle. It took me out for four weeks, but you don't know what's around the corner. So really, if there is something that you want to do, then starting now is the, the, is the key to being able to do that. Obviously, there's certain situations, like if you are just about to expect a baby or something, you know, massive, or there's a death in the family, there's massive life circumstances, it might not be the right time and you need to wait six, 12 months or whatever. But for most people, we're just sort of drifting along in life until we make a decision to do something that we want to do. Um, so I guess that's the start point. And from there, um, I did run my first sub three um, when I was 35, but then I got the bug for it from that point and realized that once I put the work in and got consistent structure, that I could keep on getting better. And that's what I'm still doing. So Boston was actually my fastest time to date. Um, so I was 11 days shy of 40 when I ran Boston. Uh, so I am still improving. Those improvements are uh, getting a lot smaller now because as you do more and more, um, it's is um, limited, uh, you know, uh, improvements that you can make. Um, but obviously, if you were, uh, uh, you know, an elite athlete at the start, um, and you've been going throughout your career running at an elite level, then that's when you're going to tail off more um as you get older because you've done everything that you possibly can but i think for most of us that um we you know haven't necessarily hit the heights um that we could have done when we were younger and we can still keep on improving and i see that not just with me but my clients and people in the club and you see that um all around the running scene as well you see people running into their 50s and 60s and improving in um even even at that age so I think it depends on what your start point is uh, in terms of what your training is, uh, what your mindset is in terms of what you want to be, what you want to achieve. And, and then but those two making a plan to where you want to get to. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's really cool right now. And I also, I mean, I don't think I followed you know, those elite athletes very closely for a long time. And as a younger person, you know, he's just like, track's not the hugest sport, even if you're into running, right? So it's not always easy to find those people. But you know, I've noticed that there are so many older, not old, but like older elite athletes now, right? Like we're seeing, you know, all those marathoners, it, a lot of them are, you know, late thirties. Um, so we're seeing that it's not like, you know, you're not peaking at 25. Um, so I think that's also really nice to help a lot of us change our mindset of like, you know, you can still improve as you're aging. Um, and you know, like there is not really a, a, a limit to that. Cause I know for the longest time I was thinking, you know, after my twenties, I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not gonna be good at running anymore. Right. Like it just, and I, and then you regret, you're like, I, I wasted it. And I don't know if you have this cause you weren't, you know, always into, into running as a younger person, but it's like, yeah, when I ran high school, college, like, you know, especially high school, it was like, I walked almost every practice unless it was at the track because no one could see me when you go out on a long run. Right. 
and then you still do okay. So you're just like, yeah, I don't actually need to try that hard. And then college, I ran for a little bit and I was sick, but then, you know, then you turn 21, you're able to drink, you know, so it's just like, you weren't really taking care of yourself at all. So it's like also, you know, a waste. And then, you know, here I am, I'm like, okay, I need to dial it in. I'm like, I've wasted all of that time doing whatever, because it didn't matter. And now like it does matter. Um, so it's definitely nice to see people, you know, run at an elite level as they are um, not the youngest runners, right. They're not like new to the sport and everything. So um, I think that's really cool. And yeah, I would love to talk more about, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into some mindset stuff too, but then like also how like training kind of fits into your life. And I think we've talked about this, even when we were emailing before, when I asked you for some input um, for like busy people running too, right. Because as we age, um, oftentimes life gets busier, whether it's different family members, kids, work stuff. Um, and I feel like that, you know, you don't have as much free time as you age too. Um, now I'm like, there's so many directions I want to go. I'm like, I should have thought more before I'm like rambling. Um, cause I think we could definitely talk about nutrition too. So I'm like, ah, um, <laughs> um just what you said there about, um, time is an interesting one. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of things I picked, was wanted to pick up there, but time like you say, when you're younger, you're not necessarily focusing on one thing, unless you're, you know, an elite athlete and that's your thing. You know, I went through the same thing, did all, all the different things and didn't really know what I wanted to do and enjoyed myself and um, did various different things. And you, you kind of have the time and then you, you look back and once you don't have that time, you know, I had my first um, kid when I was 30. Yeah, 30. And you suddenly realize then that all that time that you could, you know, you could do anything when you wanted, you didn't have anyone to answer for you. You then have to be there and you have to actually do things and you have commitments. And then I always think of life in three thirds. So the first third when your parents are looking after you. And then the middle third is kind of the hardest bit where, where we're talking about now, where you've got to look after your kids and potentially you have to look after your parents as well. And then the last third is kind of when you get that time back and maybe your kids are starting to help you and look after you. Um, so this middle third is, is really difficult, but there's definitely ebbs and flows within that. I think when your kids are really young, it can be really difficult, I think, to, to make that time. Uh, and I'm sure you've, you're probably going through that at the moment. <laughs> but let me tell you, it does get easier in some respects and, and harder in others because, you know, the, once they become a bit more independent, then you are able to, to, to get some of that time back, especially if you're working with, you know, your, your partner in terms of sharing that time and having that conversation as to what's important to you. It's, it's great. Now my wife, Louise is back running. Um, she ran her first marathon in 2019 and then really didn't enjoy that experience and then sort of dropped off for a long time. But we were training for marathons at the same time. Um, and it worked really well because you know, we would just work it in and around each other. We would on a Sunday for the long run, I would go out first and then she would go out second. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel quite as guilty when she was running because, you know, we were both in it together then. So it, it, it from a selfish point, it's, it's nice 
that she's back into it, but also I, I can see she's really enjoying it again now, getting back in the club, um, running with people. So I think the time is there, but there's ebbs and flows definitely depending on, you know, what life situations come up and you just have to work around those. Sometimes, you know, there might be months or, or even years where you, you can't be dialed in and as consistent, but I think as your kids grow up and hopefully if you, if you don't have um, parents that need looked after, then um, there is that time that you can get back. And it's all about looking at the, the schedule and prioritizing where, where that time is. And I think you had a, a really good episode on how to get those, those runs in. So anyone can look back and, and find that out. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's definitely looking for those time slots rather than thinking, oh, well, I don't, don't have time. And, and also the other thing that I wanted to touch on is looking back and think, being regretful about that wasted time. Obviously that doesn't really, doesn't really help us. But I also think that as you get older, it's not just, I think we always focus on the negativity of aging and the fact that, you know, our bodies are getting older and maybe not quite as able to do the things that we do we could do when we were younger but certainly in longer races and I think that's why you see elites they'll start off at shorter distance races and then progress through to the, the um, longer distance races like the marathon um, because they don't quite have necessarily that sharp end speed anymore but the something like the marathon is much more of a, a tactical and um, mental battle as well so every marathon that I do I always feel like I'm learning something and, and I'm getting better in the marathon. I'm, I'm executing better every time and you build up this, this experience. So there's definitely benefits to get, getting older because you're building up that experience of, of doing the events like the marathon and pushing yourself and um, also being a bit more savvy with, with, with tactics as well. I think back to my first marathon, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just going in there running and didn't know anything about nutrition, didn't know anything about pacing. And still I make mistakes on, you know, on some marathons, but I think overall, you know, my execution is getting better and better as, as I go on with each marathon. So I think there's, there's definitely positives to getting older and, and building up that experience as well. Yeah. And you, okay. So you touched on nutrition and I think we can definitely talk a little bit about that. Um, because yeah, as we're getting older, we do have to keep all those things in mind, but also, yeah, like we, we know more, we've learned things, we've learned things about ourselves. We've learned things that other people have tried. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, um, like all the other things that we have to do in terms of being good at running, like the mobility, the strength, because especially I know you constantly hear, and I'm sure, you know, you do too, but they're always talking about like, as women are aging, we need to be lifting more. You're losing all that muscle mass. Um, and for running, we know that we need to also have that strength training kind of put in there as well, just to keep our body from totally breaking down. Right. Um, so can you talk a little bit about those things? Um, you know, the strength, the mobility, maybe the nutrition as well. Um, Cause again, it's like super important for us to just, you know, at all ages be healthy runners too. Yeah, definitely. Um, strength training was something that was not on my radar at all when I was before 35, before I took that jump into um, 
faster marathons. And even, even when I was 35, um, I was, I was still, I didn't have a coach at that point. So I hired a coach in 2020. Um, I was doing it sporadically. So that first sub three marathon, I did no strength training at all. I'll be honest. Um, but I, I kind of see strength training as not just an insurance policy um, against injury, but definitely when you're pushing yourself for a long period of time, it's if you don't have the strength there, that's where you can really sort of break down and lose time in the marathon. Um, it's really difficult to keep going and keep going, especially you know, into, to the latter end of the, the marathon without that strength and being able to, to keep going um, and keep executing the same stride pattern for that length of time. Um, so 2020, when I hired a coach, um, I was quite a bit more um, consistent with it. It's still not something I enjoy doing, I'll, I'll be honest on that. Um, but I think also, I think when we, when we think about strength training, quite often we think as runners, that's, we don't have enough time to do the running. So how am I going to have enough time to do the strength as well? And I think just a small dose to get started is going to really help uh, anyone. So um, I, I do two times 30 to 45 minutes a week. Um, and you can, you can fit that in quite easily, um, especially if you're doing body weight exercises and you don't have to go to the gym. Um, I'm not a gym goer. I don't want to have to go somewhere else to do my strength. Um, you can do, you can use free weights um, at home. There's so many exercises that you can do. And I, I do believe that it, it helps. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of studies that, that support this. It's not one of my areas of expertise. So I have a lot of exercises that I do both either from my coach and now I'm working with a physio as well. Um, so we're working on where my imbalances are. And I think if you want to improve quite a lot, then these little things, seeing a physio and working out where your weaknesses are, are going to be really important. You know, they, they seem like things that maybe only elites would do, but there's always more things that you can do. So if you're, if you're starting from a low base, then just a general strength training program, you know, two times a week is going to help. But then if you get more and more uh, invested in yourself and wanting to go on to a higher level, I do think it's worth working with someone to work out where those personal imbalances for you are. Um, and obviously, a, a general strength training program for runners is going to focus on quite a lot of leg exercises, but also core work. So things like planks and, and sit-ups and um, press-ups to build that core and, and strength around um, there. So that's really important. Um, mobility is also something that I'm not very good at. <laughs> Um, but I have clients that swear by doing things like Pilates. Um, I've done a bit of Pilates. And again, it's something because I run six days a week and I do two strength training um, sessions. It's something that isn't in my schedule at the minute. But as I'm, as I'm getting older, I can feel all the time that there's little aches and pains. 
especially problematic for me is no, well, it's not that problematic, but um, I, in the last six months, my back's been a bit stiff. So I do do, you know, a few stretches for my back. Um, but that's all, you know, if we're thinking about not just running, but for life in general, you want to be mobile and strong when you're, you know, get, getting into your later life, because that means that you're going to be more likely to be self-sufficient anyway. Um, so I do think that's important for everyone, not just for runners. Um, if we're talking about nutrition, I think um, covering the two tips I would have for nutrition is to make sure you're covering your nutritional basis. And by that, I mean um, that you're eating a wide variety of, of whole foods because that's going to give you, you know, all of the, the, the nutrients that you need. And if you are um, restricting a certain food category, so for instance, I'm vegetarian through choice. So I know that I'm not getting the things from meat that I might need. So I, I'm particularly um, careful about protein sources and make me I might need to look at meals and make sure that I've got protein in there. Protein is very important because um, as we age, as you said, we lose mu muscle mass uh, unless we are proactive about that. It's not, an, it's not a guarantee because you can um, mitigate at least some of that by doing strength training and uh, consuming protein to be able to build that muscle back. Um, but yes, it gets harder as you get on. So that's why those two things in tandem are really going to help, um, to mitigate that. And obviously you need that, those, those muscles for, for running, you know, <laughs> that if you, if you start losing that muscle mass, then not only are you not going to be able to lift, but running is going to be harder as well. So it is really important for runners as well. Yeah. And, um, Recovery too. I didn't, I can't believe I didn't kind of throw that into that question as well. Um, now that I'm thinking about it, it's probably a dumb question because I'm sure, you know, we're always supposed to be getting those eight hours of sleep, even when you don't actually feel like you need it. Um, but does recovery get longer? Um, do you just maybe feel it a little more or is like that kind of just like, yeah, the standard, you got to get your eight hours of sleep. Um, maybe, you know, like you said, you mentioned stretching. I don't know. Some people swear by the foam roll or like any of that stuff. Um, is there a general rule on recovery? Do you think? I think it's going to be all independent, uh, individual yeah. again. Um, sleep though is, is really important for everyone. Um, and again, something that you're not necessarily going to be able to get depending on what's going on in, in your life, but it's definitely something, you know, it's, it, it's a big win. If you can get sleep, that's going to have a massive impact on everything else. It has an impact on training and nutrition because if you're tired and groggy and you just don't make the best decisions, um, so that might be poor training decisions, i.e. either not doing training or doing too much training, uh, not having a good balance there, or it could be nutrition, not having you know, deciding to not eat, eat well or healthily. Um, so sleep's a massive one. Stress is another one as well. Um, if you've got a lot of stress in your life, then that's quite difficult and demanding for training because the two things sort of are going to 
come together and really run you down and and increase that possibility that you're going to get injured so trying to drive down stress and get better sleep is going to help you in terms of your mood and also in terms of reducing that injury risk because if there's anything that's going to hold you back um, it's going to be getting injured because we can't can't um, get better while we're injured uh, we can't improve training wise when we're injured um, in terms of recovery um, I think it's important to get a consistent schedule so again with injury risk and not just injury risk but improvement as well that's going to come about when you give your body a, a sim, similar load week on week um, so if you're suddenly up one week and then down the next and yo-yoing all about that's when you increase the injury risk but you also don't see the the real benefits of, of the training and that's what my training looked like in my early 30s it was you know a few weeks of, of really good training then be not doing nothing with my feet up for a couple of weeks and I'm sure there was some weeks when I was ill and I couldn't have trained but I'm sure it wasn't all like that um so that that consistency um is really important but with the recovery um I've I have heard that people might need longer recovery as you get older in terms of recovery from harder sessions that would be the main one for me so I do six days of running a week but I only have two hard sessions and they would be Tuesday and Friday. So they're well spaced out. It's not like I'm doing a hard session on a Tuesday and then a hard session on a Wednesday and then a hard session on a Thursday. It's making sure it's nicely spaced out and just being honest with your body, how you're feeling and taking that extra day if you need to. Definitely in the last training cycle, I took more days off than I had in the previous, any of my previous cycles with my coach. Um, I think I probably took two or three uh, days off when I was scheduled a run in there just because I didn't feel like I was 100% recovered and and it's just finding that balance you don't want to take too much off so that your training becomes in, inconsistent but sometimes when you you know yourself that you're a bit a bit low and not not properly recovered um, just taking that extra day can really help and um get you back for the next session or the race or whatever is coming up um i think that's really important some people when they get a training plan they get really dialed into it and i'm def definitely don't want to miss a session uh, and i've tried to go away from that now and and be a bit more realistic and flexible with with my training um so yeah and the other thing with um recovery is that you can change your you can change the cycle of your training so I've, I've heard of people doing not necessarily week cycles but it could be nine or ten days where they have um they always have two or three easier days in between those harder sessions it could be a 14 day cycle where you only have one long run uh, and then the other way you can make it easier on your body is potentially by adding cross training in. it's not something again that i've needed to do or wanted to do yet but it's definitely i would keep an open mind on that if i feel like my joints are not recovering properly you know day on day with the runs then it's it's possible that i could do something on the bike instead to keep 
keep that um that training stimulus in there but ensure that we're not you know making our joints worse and giving them some recovery um so those are all options i think but it's really going to depend person to person what what suits you and what you like doing uh, and also where your body is and and how you're feeling yeah well and i feel like that's just such a good argument for like why a running coach is so can be so valuable and especially like as you are um as people are aging too cuz not only does it help with I would think like the simple things of, you know, we run into those plateau, you know, we've run for so many years, we stop progressing necessarily. I know people talk about that all the time and I'm sure it can like easily be tweaked by just, you know, changing up your training plan, having someone look a little more into it. Um, I know a lot of the, the free plans and stuff that you find online can be great, especially as you're getting into running to help, you know, progress it and progress nice and slowly and all that. But then it's like, there's kind of no variation. There's no, you know, you're just kind of here now. Right. Um, so yeah, not only can I think it, it helps with, um, avoiding those issues, but then like you're saying, yeah, like everything's kind of individualized. A lot of people follow that seven day cycle, but sometimes a 10 might make more sense. And like you're saying, you know, throwing in the cross training kind of helping with that. So I'm sure, and I'm sure you see that a lot with the people that you work with is like, everybody has a different different schedule they're working with different plan they're working with um some people do cross training some people don't so um yeah no that is super helpful kind of doing a total pivot just because um yeah just because I wanted to <laughs> um so I you put in some of the things that you wanted to talk about talking about like seasons best instead of personal best um but then also the age grading can you for like what is it age grading calculators is that what's in here or what am I talking about now? Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, can you explain that to people? Because I actually, for all of the years I've ran, I just figured out what that was like over the winter when I did a race series and that's how they gave out their medals. And my friend and I, who were running, we were like, I'm sorry, what is this? So can you, can you explain that to everybody? Yeah, I should have looked up exactly what it is, but I'm going to give you what I think it is. And then you can correct me if you are, if you know what the answer is. So age grading is basically a score that you can be assigned to any given performance. It's basically a percentage. So obviously up to 100%, which no one is going to get. But it's a percentage of, it, it's a comparison of your time um, for your age against the world's best at that age, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> what that means is if, if, um, say for instance you are the same age as the world record holder then it's literally just a comparison between your time and the world record but obviously as we as we go up you know if you're 60 then the world's best time for the marathon at 60 is probably still quite high but it's not 201 or whatever it is these days for the marathon it's probably around about two 25 to 30 something like that so you're being compared against that time not the world record so then that means that as you get older uh, your times might get slower but your age grading might still hold up or you might even improve your age grading percentage so it's also a good um metric to sort of compare yourself with uh, younger athletes as well so are you um comparatively as good as them you know in in your age age bracket so 
um i think there's sort of tiers of uh, of percentages and what they mean but i think 60 percent is a is a really good starting point or 50 to 60 percent is a really good starting point and then 70 if you can get 70 percent, that's kind of like um you know top of your club sort of level i think 80 percent is kind of top of your area level and then 90 percent is kind of top of your national um athletics or, or or whatever so if you're up in the 90s then you're doing very well so what i find here is that um quite often it's it is the older athletes that are around here that are really hitting those top end percentages of 80 90 percent so um i don't know if that's typical everywhere or if we've just got a lot of gifted older athletes but people in their 60s um hit, hitting those really high percentage um age grading rankings and it's a good way of trying to measure yourself year on year if you are finding that you can't keep up with your younger self then trying to improve that age grading is another way of of, of measuring improvement really yeah so we don't have a lot i mean i'm sure like i could obviously figure it out but yeah we, like i said we have this one race series over the winter where we did that and i thought it was such a cool it was a smaller race so it kind of was easy for them to do but it was such a cool way for them to give out the medals instead of just doing like who ran for a second third um but you just, so you said Boston was your best marathon so far. Is that correct? Okay. Yes. So you're currently in the still, like going for that personal best. Do you have any like thoughts on how you're going to, I guess you're just going to have to adjust eventually. Right. But like, you know, where, where do you think you're going to be at with like your mindset on, okay, now I'm, I'm not chasing that personal best, but I'm trying to just improve through the season or whatever it is like have you thought through kind of keeping your head in the game of like I still want to try really hard and improve but like you know eventually you're going to be looking at different times yeah it's um it's something I definitely have thought about and then I try not to think about the minute because I'm still still hopefully I'm improving but honestly I I think if you told me now that I'm never going to run a faster marathon again I wouldn't be that disappointed because I know that um, I've given a lot in the last few years to to try and get better and to run my best at Boston. It was really special. Um, you know, it's not a, it's not an easy course. So you're always thinking on an easier course, could I have run faster? And then you think, well, that means next time I will run faster. And that's obviously not necessarily the case because, you know, everything has to go right in the race. And it's not just the training that has to go right but then the execution on on race day so it's possible that i'll never run a faster marathon again i would like to think that i would but i think at that point i would then start i'm already starting to look at well what races are around here where there's age category prizes or age category events in them um how high up can i get in those um so there's there's different competitions there. Um, one of the things that I, it's a silly thing, but one thing that I would like to do one day is run two hours plus my age for the marathon. So around 246 in Boston. So I would have had to have run 239 to do that. But obviously every year I get an extra minute. So um, if I was able to run the same time in six years time, then I would be able to do it. But um, that's, a, that's a silly personal thing. But then 
also then looking at the age grading thing and and seeing can I keep that that rate that I've got to it now um, through later on in life. And it might be that I decide at some point I want to focus on something else. So in the back of my mind, um, I think I could be competitive at ultras. Um, but at the moment, it's not something that I want to spend a lot of time. I don't want to spend a lot of time at the weekends out for five, six, seven hours when I've got kids in the house. So I might, it might be quite a while down the line till I get to that. But then at that point, there's always other challenges. Um, you can keep on trying to get faster or trying to maintain a certain level at one thing, but there's other things out there. And there's a lot of those kind of challenges, those ultra kind of challenges that really um, appeal to me in terms of the experience of it. Um, there's a there's a mountain loop in England called the Bob Graham Round, which is over 42 mountains, and you have to try and do that in 24 hours. And I really love to do that, but at the minute I just don't have the the time to train for that or to go over and recce the route. So it's something for later on in life. And then there's, there's events that I want to do. I want to do the New York marathon. I want to do, um, well, that would be my fourth star if I did New York. So Chicago wasn't really on my radar, but the more people I talk to, more, more people say I should do Chicago as well. So then that would be five. And then there's only Tokyo left unless they add more on there. So there's all different kinds of challenges. So I think once time, goes out the window for me um there's always something else to to latch on to and it doesn't have to be time improvements all the time i will be a little bit sad though <laughs> but um there's plenty of other things to do yeah and that is like i think kind of almost going full circle it's like all the things to love about running right like yeah there you know there's different kinds of races like ultras there's different um I guess like notches on your belt of like, you know, getting Chicago, New York, Tokyo. Um, so yeah, it kind of is like the possibilities are endless. Um, with that, I feel like we're running out of time per usual, right? <laughs> um, but did you have any, cause I know there's probably things we didn't get to, um, but did you have any like last tips or any kind of like closing anything, putting you on the spot here? Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that we didn't talk about and I wanted to sort of um highlight again is i really think um a, a good support network around you is really important for achieving anything um and we're talking about improving running but the other yeah sorry the two things is that you really need to enjoy what you're doing because that is going to lead to the improvement i think once you start falling out of love with 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 the process of training then it's really difficult to make any improvements. And at the minute, I, you know, I love the training. I remember back when I was inconsistent with races saying that I, I would do a marathon every day of the week if I didn't have to do the training. I was kind of missing the point in terms of the training is all of it really. And the, the, mar the marathon experience is kind of the icing on the cake. So if you don't enjoy the training process, find something that you do like doing or, or try and build the training to to a way that suits you because that is really going to to keep you going and keep you improving but also finding that support network whether it's your partner family or friends or joining a club um or even getting a coach or a physio to work with you is 
is really going to focus you on what's important because sometimes I think when you're in your own bubble or you, you you're training for something uh, and you printed a plan off but you've only really got yourself for accountability you've no one to bounce ideas off and sometimes I remember last year having a, a conversation with my coach before or at the start of the training cycle for London this was in the summertime I'd just done a really good marathon uh, in the spring and I was having having doubts as to whether I wanted to do another marathon cycle and he he was fine with that uh, but he he asked me the question well, what else would you do instead and I started thinking about it and I was thinking about the ultras that was the thing that was that was taking me away from possibly doing the marathon and I thought about the kind of training that I would need to do to be successful at that and be out of the house for the, for long periods of time at the weekend when the kids were home and I thought that's that's not what I want to do for the next four five months um, and uh, I, I decided that you know I'd enjoyed the last training cycle and there was more there I could I knew I had Boston the next year, so it was a natural continuation, but it was just thinking about the process of that training and enjoying it. So I think even if it's just um, a friend or a partner, even that doesn't know about running, just bouncing those ideas of what you want to achieve and what you want to do and what time you can carve out um, is really important to being able to uh, improve at anything. And no more so when you're battling against age as well you need that sort of investment and and support from others as well so that would be my my final tip I suppose yeah well and anybody who listens to the show knows I'm constantly talking about how much I love the running community and the support that's in it so that was kind of a perfect closing um and then can you now that I'm like asking you more stuff as I'm like we gotta go um <laughs> Can you just like give everybody a quick preview of your podcast so that people know like what to expect to tune into? It's the running rules, right? Yes. So um, since I was on here, you've inspired me to start my own podcast. <laughs> uh, started in February. So uh, yes, it's the running rules podcast. And mostly um, the first few episodes has been me talking about my views on different things on running from um, nutrition, training, mindset, execution. Um, but I've started bringing on guests. Hopefully we might be able to get you on. Um, <laughs> be awesome. And um, yeah, it's the Running Rules podcast and you can find that on pretty much everywhere, I think. Um, Spotify, yeah. Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out, everybody, because it is definitely a good one. And who wouldn't want to hear more from Alan, right? Um, thank you so much for coming on and making the time. And yes, I will. We'll have to look at my schedule and I'll look at your schedule and see if we can uh, make another early morning recording, probably. <laughs> yeah, hopefully maybe a bit later for you, for your sake. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And this was, this was great information for everybody. No, thank you so much for having me on again. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all the things that you can do for a podcast that you enjoy listening to. Make sure you check out social media, our website, 
any of those things, if you have questions, comments, interview requests, feel free to email me at marikeerunclub at gmail.com.